Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. Good morning. Isn't it a great day to be in the house of the Lord? Keep walking forward by faith. You got to forgive me a little bit. As usual, pastor called me on Thursday. Hey, can you step in? Oh, for sure. <laughs> I get off the phone. I'm like, ah, what am I going to talk about? That's oh, crazy. You know, then all this stuff that I have kind of prepared, just God just comes in and sweeps it away and says, this is what I want you to talk about. So. I'm hoping, praying uh, that God will give you a word today, um, that he'll get past any uh, inadequacies that I have and give you a a word that sinks into your spirit and and encourages your soul, right? Because we're to be encouragers and to be encouraging, right, to others. Um, Donita's recovery is an encouragement to me, you know, Judith is an encouragement to me. Um, Leonard, you're an encouragement to me to watch people in our flock continue to walk in faith. In, in the Bible, it says that faith is a walk. We're, we walk in the spirit. We walk in the light. Um, we walk constantly, all the time. The Christian life is a walk, right? It, we never stop. We'd like to stop sometimes, right? Because sometimes it can be an exhausting walk. And why do you think that is, that, you know, we get tired? Number one, we're human, right? So we have to deal with this, this flesh, this thing that tries to hold us back from realizing all that God has for us and all that he wants to do for us, right? So we have to constantly be empowering our faith. With God, we have to constantly be having a diet that helps encourage our faith, right? So, when we talk about keep walking by faith, I got a, I got about two sermons. Always have two sermons, and I got time for one. But um, so, forgive me again for maybe getting a little off track. I know the Holy Spirit's probably going to grab a hold of me at some point, and I'll get all crazy. But anyway, when we talk about faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Essentially, what he's saying is we believe God. We have faith that he, the Bible says, his revelation of himself, that he 
spoke the worlds into existence. He created us for a purpose. As we as Christians, as we sit here and we listen to me expound upon the Word of God, we have faith that I am speaking the Word of God. And the reason why you have faith, because you can have an assurance that when you open up the Word of God, and if what I'm speaking doesn't line up with what he's speaking, then what happens? You can't have faith in what I'm saying. But when you can go to the Word of God and you can look at the Word of God, if you believe that's the Word of God, you can have faith that God will do what he says he will do, and you will be able to have what? Assurance. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Right? Assurance. Faith gives us assurance. And everybody has faith. Don't think you have little faith or big faith. Everybody has faith. Faith isn't a religious thing or a secular thing. It's just faith. Everybody has faith. A baby has faith that when he cries, the mother or father are going to come and get him and fulfill his needs, right? I mean, you had faith this morning that when you woke up this morning and you turned on the shower, that water was going to come out. Because you've lived in a, in a situation where you can have faith in things because you have evidence of those things happening. You know, if you didn't have indoor plumbing and stuff, well, you'd be kind of crazy to be thinking there's water coming out of something that doesn't have plumbing. Right? Because if it doesn't happen, then something's wrong. Right? So if something's happening in our Christian life where God says he's giving us an assurance that he's going to do a certain thing and it's not happening, a little self-reflection has to come into play. Because God always does, does what he says he's going to do. These are things that we have to believe. We have to have faith in it. Because if we don't, Because faith is based on what is the object of my faith. People have faith in their job, that it's going to keep going, they're going to keep getting checks and being able to pay their bills, right? You know, we can have faith in our our team, that they're going to win and they're going to go to... And we put faith in all kinds of things. You know, all kinds of things become a repository of our faith, except for the main thing, right? Faith in God and our assurance I'll give you some time to write some of these things down. But there's seven words here, all in red, that kind of shows what, you know, this continuation of our faith leads to. He gives us assurance, because when we read his word, um, I see Randy writing, so as soon as you get done writing, I'll, uh, okay. (laughs) Let's see. Assurance is based on God's promises. And it's really interesting. I'm sorry the print's so small. Um, but I've, it's really interesting when you feed on the Word because something new always pops up. And when you're studying the Word, and when you're, I know Pastor and Mike can attest to this, when you're studying and you're reading commentaries and you're kind of listening to what other people have to say, um, all of a sudden this, this scripture that you've read over a hundred times, new stuff pops out. You're going, what the heck was that all about? It's a living and breathing instrument from God to help solidify your faith. The Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible. Don't allow the Bible to become irrelevant. Don't let somebody relegate the Bible to just, oh, just an old book that somebody, you know, wrote, and I don't know if it's true or not. 
I've, the, the Bible has changed my life. You know, the diet of Scripture and reading. So it says, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, our body, is destroyed, we have a building from God. New body, the resurrection, right? Well, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desire to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. We all groan inside with the anticipation of being with the Lord. Not in a suicidal way, like I am, but it's just like when you when you are assured of this, you know, you know that being with the Lord is better than anything else you can even conceive of in this life. Right? It's just so much better. But we have to know that. Right? Because then he says, If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee, so that we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Does that make sense to you? You know, so I know I'm not going to die one second before the Lord says I'm coming home. I am not going to, it's not going to happen. To the outside world, it may look like, uh, oh, that was a terrible accident. That was horrible. No, I'm a child of God. It was just my time. It was just my time. So I can dispense as best I can with that fear. Death is a promotion to the life that God has promised me. Right? So when I, when, I, when I cast my faith, I'm not casting it. Faith and hope aren't the same thing. They're not synonymous. You know, you can't pray in hope that something's going to, oh, well, I hope that's going to happen. Oh, Lord, I hope you come through for me. Right? Come on now. We do it. We have to really analyze what we call faith and decide whether it's really faith. Or is it just a real deep desire? Or a really deep hope? An emo- is it an emotional thing? Or is it a faith based in reality? See, faith has gotten this weird little ethereal, you know, thing. Now, I'm going to put my faith out there. My faith's in here. You know, I'm walking in it. I'm taking steps every day to walk in that faith, Right? And right now, our faith is getting hammered a little bit, isn't it? It's getting hammered. But if we have the right vision of faith and the right understanding of faith, God has given me an assurance. There we go. He's given me an assurance. The assurance is that what I believe in his word is true. And he says he has a better place for me. He has a promotion for me. He has something I can anticipate. Because it's a cruel thing if this is it. I'm sorry. It's a cruel thing if this is it. You hear what I'm saying? You know? 
I mean, I can look at things a little bit differently because I can anticipate, I can anticipate that God is going to do what he said he's going to do and he's going to be in my corner the whole way. Right? Because he just wants me to understand, you need to be thinking about me and what I'm doing to you, for your life, and in your life. I have an anticipation. Noah had an anticipation because God spoke to him and said, I want you to build an ark. For a hundred years, Noah built an ark. Stop playing. Wow. That's faithfulness. And don't think how many people roll by Noah's every day talking about, look at this fool over here. That cat's crazy. You know what I'm saying? But they said they didn't receive the promise, chapter 11 of Hebrews, but they walked as if they'd already got it. You know what I'm saying? You walk as if you already got it. Because if you don't, you can easily fall into despair. Right? You know, when we have to wait too long for something, oh, we get tired, don't we? It's like, oh. You know, but we're waiting on the wrong thing. This is just a prelude. This is just an opening chapter. You hear what I'm saying? The right way to think about God is that God is in your corner. God created you for a purpose. And, 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 and when we're walking in that purpose, God activates all the things that he has promised you. You know what I'm saying? But they have to align up with his purposes and his will because he has the best for you in mind. Right? So knowing God through our faith helps us to understand. And... Uh, that helps us to be aware of what God is doing in our hearts and our minds and what he's doing around us. How many of you have seen the working of God? Right? Don't forget about that. Don't let it become something that's just normal, mundane, you know what I mean? It's like uh, when you see a magician and you know how the trick works. Well, whatever. I already know how that trick works. You know, we can easily, what they say, familiarity breeds contempt. Where we just have to understand that we need to have an awareness of what God's doing. A, a co-worker got killed the other day of mine at work. And I talked to him pretty much every day. And he got hit on his motorcycle um, by a drunk driver. And uh, it was so sad. And my thinking went to the fact that I knew he believed in God, but I, but I, but I just couldn't help but think sometimes, man, did I, did I have a deep enough conversation with him? You know, I don't have an assurance about his faith. I didn't like that. You know, I didn't like that I didn't have an assurance about somebody I spoke to almost every day. I didn't have an assurance about their faith. You know what I mean? Did I miss some awareness that God had put in me through my own tiredness, grumpiness, whatever? But see, when we're not emotionally tuned in to God and to our faith in God, we can miss some assignments. You know what I'm saying? What, what if Noah had to start listening 
to them, thinking, man, it's been a long time. Shoot, does God really need this ark? You know? I'm getting tired of these people talking crazy to me, you know? Uh, maybe I should just sit down for a minute and stop walking in this faith God gave me. But no! <laughs> no, no, it was like, hey, I heard from the Lord. I know God. Shoot, I'm, I'm doing what he told me to do. And it all worked out for him and his family, right? These stories that we read in the Bible, the Bible is a litany of various things that God's revelation of himself to us, but also it reveals his promises. And there's characters all over the Bible. You read chapter 11 of Hebrews, and it just talks about the faith of people. And they all had different things happening to them. It wasn't one monolithic thing that was going on. Every, every one of them had something different that they had to overcome. And they had to exercise faith in what God told them and promised them. Amen. Right? By faith, Abel gave a better sacrifice than Cain. You ever read that verse and think, oh, hmm. Abel knew God. He had awareness of God. He understood God. So he knew what God wanted from him. Each one of us has a responsibility to have a relationship with God, to have a personal awareness. We are not all in this church going to have the same understanding and awareness of what God is doing in our life with us, through us, for us. But we all have the same instruction manual. It's crazy to me that there's so many different churches with different philosophies, different understandings of the scripture. I don't understand it. I don't under, If you gave me a manual to fix a car, and I decided that, well, I'm going to just change some things, the expectation is that car might not run the way it's supposed to run. You hear what I'm saying? So how in the world can we take Scripture, I mean, the undoctored Scripture, I mean, the Scripture, and look at it and read it and come up with so many different understandings? Right? We have to be faithful in some things in our walk with the Lord to keep us on track to have a great awareness of God and what he is speaking into us, speaking into our hearts so that we can further his kingdom. We have everything we need for life and godliness. That's 2 Peter. We have everything we need. We have everything we need. Did I say we have everything we need? We have everything we need for life and godliness. I'll say it one more time. We have everything we need. It's activating that faithfully in anticipation of an understanding that we're going to gain an awareness of what God the Father, the Almighty Creator of heaven and earth, has for us to do as we continue to walk out this life. Right? Acts of service, compassion, graciousness. Right? Feasting on the word of God and standing in silence before him while he grows us in our awareness of who he is, what he is, and what he's doing. Correct? Amen. Say amen. amen. Smile at me. Even if you got a mask on, I can see it in your eyes. You know? 
And when we have an awareness of God, we have access to God's throne room. As sons and daughters of the Creator. When Jesus Christ died, the veil was ripped in two, and we had access into the Holy of Holies. You understand that only the high priest could go into the holies of holies. And they tied a bell. He had bells on the bottom of his robe just in case God decided he needed to take him home. And they just drag him out. They wouldn't go in there. They had a rope on him. They just drag him on out of there. Because they had deep respect for the holiness of God. And they knew God. They knew his works. They knew what he could do. Their awareness was this high. That priest was not going to go into the Holy Holy half-stepping. Wasn't going to happen. He wasn't going to do it. Because he knew God's not playing with you. Amen. You know? When you enter into his presence with respect, you know, we don't just kick the door in and say, okay, God, I'm here. I'm your son. Give me this, 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 and that. Get away from me. I never knew you. What are you doing in my presence? We can't even enter into his presence with sin in our hearts, you know, with disobedience in our hearts. We have to understand we want to invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts. We want to invite him in in our prayers and say, God, just show me. Show me some things. Show me your will. Show me how to be more obedient to you. Show me how to love you. Show me how to enjoy you. Because you know what? The peace of God quiets your heart. What I say? Peace of God quiets your heart. How many need a little peace today? I got corona fatigue. I'm telling you, I got corona fatigue. I'm just so done. And, and you know, and I caught myself, like I see people rolling around in their car by themselves with a mask on. I'm just like, what are you doing? You know? But you know what? I'm so used to wearing a mask, I catch myself doing it. Like, take this stupid thing off, man. You by yourself. You know? So it's not hard to get indoctrinated into something that you don't believe in. Or something that you're resistant to. I wear a mask to protect other people that might have a problem. And I wear a mask to avoid conflict and not lose my job. But I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Many Christians play, pray, get on their knees and pray, pour their hearts out to God, and they walk away going, I hope he answers that prayer. That's sad. That's sad. Faith activates God. God cannot help but move when a faithful Christian is praying. He can't help but move. It motivates him. It gives him, yes, you're faithful. Yes, my son, I'll give you whatever you need. I'm not going to harm you. I'm going to bless you. So we can never look, even if something looks harmful to us, something that looks like God's not answering our prayer, he's answering the best for us. And sometimes the best for us is, no. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's just no. There are certain ethnic groups of people that come in to buy cars. I always say stereotypes are kind of funny because they're mostly true. But, you know, that will just grind you and grind you and grind you. So I start saying no as soon as I meet them. Hey, your name is so? Yeah, no. 
No, we're not. Because it'll take about 20 no's before they actually get that you're actually saying no. Yeah. Love them. But it's, it's just the way they exist. So telling the devil no is something we have to get used to. Amen. But only an awareness and understanding of God will allow you to even recognize when the devil is trying to tempt you with something that God says no to. You know what I'm saying? So all this stuff goes together. When you enter into the throne room every morning at 5.30 like Pastor does, I know he does, gets up early, gets into the word, gets on his knees, and asks God to continue to grow him and help him shepherd the flock. We all have that, not only assignment, we have that ability. But that is primary, right? You access that throne room of God, he calms your spirit enters into you the things for which he wants you to grow in and to go do, you know, as you walk, as you walk and touch people. And then God gives you authority to ask for anything. Now that, there is a, yeah, you got to be right with God. You got to be right with God. Because if somebody walked up to you tomorrow, some billionaire, and said, here, go get anything you want. Ah! You lose your mind. Like, I'm going to go get everything. Right? That's how, we, that's how we think. You know, we're humans. We're Americans, man. Yeah. We like stuff. You know, we, you know, we like, well, that's not what this is saying. Everything you want that is best for you. Amen. And a lot of times we have no idea what's best for us, right? It's like your kid. If you gave your kid a bunch of money, your kid's calling me from work. Uh, Your kids would go out and do crazy stuff, right? But you put a little, you put boundaries around them, and you explain to them. Well, I remember telling my daughter, first Halloween, she got a big bucket of candy, boy, she sits down there and she's just bah, 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 bah. I said, baby, you're going to get sick if you eat all that candy. She just gives me her look, stubborn look, probably got it from me. She just, she proceeds to look me in the eye and continue to unwrap and mouth. Just, nah. Half hour later, <laughs> you know, she, she's, she's miserable. But hey, some lessons you just got to learn, Right? Some lessons you just got to learn. Sometimes we don't just listen to God. You know, he's got to sit back and watch us get sick. You know, watch us hurt ourselves a little bit. You know, so he can say, hey, I told you. I told you. What do you do? Well, you don't make that mistake again, do you? Yeah, yeah. So that's the same thing, God. Spiritually, he spanks us. You know, if you find things aren't going right in your life, if you find every time you take two steps forward, you're taking three steps back. If you find that your heart is always disquieted and discomforted, pray for faith to allow God to work these things out in you. Know that. When you read the scripture, memorize it and know that God is for you and not against you. Amen. You can do all things through Christ, right? And knowing you have the authority of God, you can walk out 
act like it. Right? Act like it. Right? You all have been given gifts, talents, and abilities to touch people's life for God. All of you. And when you start focusing outward, because you have assurance inward, miracles happen to people around you. Right? I am not disquieted in my spirit. I, I try not to be, but I realize that, you know, all you guys know me, I'm a news junkie and, you know, all that stuff, but if I'm eating of the Lord's at the Lord's table, all that other stuff just slides off. Like, whatever, it's man. Man's doing man. Man's doing man stuff. You know. Those people that their object of faith is government, oh, you're in for trouble. Right? If the object of your faith is your job, you're in for trouble. If the object of your faith is your partner, you're in for trouble. Because all those things will eventually at one point disappoint you. They will let you down. And I know so many Christians sitting on the sidelines because a pastor disappointed them or somebody in the church disappointed them, hurt their feelings. And all their faith, which they didn't really have, gets kicked to the curb. You know what I'm saying? The object of your faith has to be God. And if God is telling you something you don't like, too bad. Figure it out. If you've got habits and attitudes and understandings that don't line up with Scripture, you know, it says in the Word what the fruits of the Spirit are and what aren't. They laid it out plainly. People don't like it. But I'm telling you, if you're still struggling with something, if you're struggling with anger, if you're struggling with disappointment, if you're struggling with, with all these things that, you know, uh, pray that God will remove those things from you and broaden your understanding because he will give you compassion as a Christian we want to have compassion during these times I don't need to be sitting around yelling at somebody else about something that I don't know I only know Jesus and him crucified right that's what it's coming down to church it's coming down to Jesus and him crucified. Good and evil. Christ and antichrist. It's coming to America. Okay? It's coming to America. It's already going on all over the world. Christians, Muslims, there's religious persecution all over the world. We're just insulated. And if the media doesn't talk about it, then it's not happening. It's amazing. Because we just live our lives. But are we living our lives for Christ? Are we living our lives in great faith and understanding? Because there's promises. Because at the end of it, we want approval. I want to stand up there tall and strong. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into my blessings. Thank you. That's what, we're, that's what I'm looking for. I don't know what y'all are looking for. But I don't want there to be no doubt. I don't want to be standing in line at the pearly gates. Oh, man, I hope I get in, man. I really need to get in. 
You know what I'm saying? It ain't going to be good if I don't get in. You know, I don't like being too hot. You know, I like a moderate like 68, 69. I think that's about what heaven's going to be. Now I'm cool. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to have to have no air conditioning. I don't going to need no heat. It's just going to be beautiful. I believe that because God says it. And I need to. It's reasonable to me to have faith in God. Because it's unreasonable to think that we're all giant cosmic accidents that have no purpose and they're just random bunch of cells and we're just hanging out here struggling. Some of us are struggling. We have a great life here in America. I won't say struggle. I have a great life. I have a wonderful life. When I really just sit down and look at it, I have a wonderful life. You know, God just provides for us. We have a ridiculous lifestyle in America. Even the poorest of us have a ridiculous lifestyle. For those of that have been to Rwanda and some of these other places where you just see kids walking around in underwear because that's all they got. And all they think about, all that occupies their mind almost 24 hours a day is, am I going to eat today? Get some perspective, American Christians. Get some perspective. You hear what I'm saying? You know, I saw those kids. And guess what they were doing after they got some food? They played. They got some food, that worry went away. That's all they worried about. What do we worry about? How many stacks of worry do we got? And a lot of what we worry about is useless. And it has no design in eternity. Right? Am I doing okay today? You know, I just want to encourage you to know the Lord. Get to know him deeply. And help somebody else get to know him deeply. You know, be a shining light on a hill. In uh, Psalms 40, I just love this Psalms. And David's just amazing because he says, uh, I waited and I waited and waited some more patiently knowing. This is a passion translation. I like it sometimes. I, I like the depth of it. But anyway, he said, knowing God would come through for me. Then at last, he bent down and listened to my cry. Right? Come on. He stopped, stopped, stooped down and lifted me out of danger from the desolate pit that I was in. Out of the muddy mess I'd fallen into. Now he's lifted me up into a firm, secure place and studied me while I walk along his ascending path. A new song for a new day rises up in me every time I think about how he breaks through for me. Man, ecstatic praises pour out of my mouth until everyone hears how God has set me free. Many will see his miracles. They'll stand in awe of God and fall in love with him. That's what we're doing. That's what we need to be doing. That's what we need to be about. Because when somebody looks at us during this crazy time and we're calm and we're peaceful and we're like, God's got this under control. Don't mean I'm not going to vote. Doesn't mean I'm not going to participate in things that are going on in the world. But you know what it does mean? I am not going to be worried about it. Because I know the ultimate end and the ultimate goal. Right? I was like, Abraham, as he's walking through the desert, all this stuff's going on. I mean, Abraham's greatest faith was when he believed that, well, God made him a promise. 
And then he told me to kill my son. He's like, well, God's going to bring him back then. You know, I ain't tripping. <laughs> you know, that's faith. Even Jonah had faith. Jonah knew God was going to save all them people he didn't like. That's why he didn't want to go. He had great faith. He had faith when he was down in the well, like, dang, God, okay, fine. I'll pray, let me out of here. I'll go do what you told me to do. Because he had faith. He knew God. He communed with God. He had an assurance. I mean, if you read the story, it doesn't sound like it, but really he had great faith. He just didn't like the Ninevites. He didn't think they deserved God. We can't be that way. We can't think that God is just for us. God's for everybody who wants him. And we need to be the guiding light to some of those people that just need to see a glimmer of the Lord. And their faith gets activated. You know, when that faith gets activated, faith is the fuel of hope. And it starts with recognizing the love of God. So when God, when I recognized the love that God had for me, I had faith that I was a divine creation of him. And that he made me for a purpose. And that ignited hope in my heart. That all that he tells me is true. That his word is true. That his revelation of himself is true. And based on that truth, I can now walk in assurance of my faith in God. Right? That's what we're doing. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we should want to do. A day should not go by that you're not ingesting some spiritual food. You hear me? A day, the one thing you should never fast from is Scripture. I'm telling you, I've done it so many times where I go three or four days a week without getting in the Word, get up in the morning, oh, man, I'm late, I got to... And I'm telling you, it's just completely different than when I get up in the morning and give God some time and and speak with Him and let Him quiet my heart and strengthen me. And then the next thing I know, things are flowing, but you know what happens to me? is all of a sudden I find myself talking to somebody. I find myself encouraging somebody. I find that my spirit is, is, is out before me, and God is attracting people to me to minister to him, to love them, to have compassion on them so I can speak a good word. Yeah, right? Come on, church. We want to speak a good word out there, don't we? We want to be confident in our faith, in our understanding of the Lord that we serve. We want to walk in confidence and faith and compassion. Right? I love you today. I love the Lord today. And I'm encouraging you to, to, to dive deeper into the word. Don't accept the level of success or failure that you've attained today. You want to always keep on moving. Keep on moving forward. So that you're never handicapped in the Lord. (sighs) Praise God. Praise God. Thank you today. I love you today. I'm just so privileged. Got so many people walking. Oh, you guys been having church? Yeah, we've been having church for a couple months. We ain't scared of the governor. 
We're handling our business. We're doing what we're supposed to do. You know, but we're going to worship. We're going to give the Lord the best we have. Have confidence and assurance in the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Let God move you on this path. And some of you are already far ahead on that path. But we all need encouragement, right? God bless you. Love you.